Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. January 20th, 2022. Eight questions for Netflix's Q4 2021 earnings interview tonight. Here are the eight key questions investors should want answers to from Netflix management on tonight's Q4 2021 earnings interview. Our Q3 2021 questions can be found here. Number one, updated thoughts on global TAM. You have talked to the pandemic wrecking havoc on your ability to model your business. That said, you're continuing to ramp content spend aggressively, which would appear to illustrate Netflix's confidence in their long-term total addressable market. If there are 600 to 800 million global subscribers available to Netflix, what is stopping Netflix at over 200 million subscribers from far faster annual subscriber growth, particularly in low penetration regions such as APAC and Europe? If overall subscriber growth does not begin to reaccelerate back into the low to mid 20 million range, as we believe it will, see our top 22 for 22 link, should we look for a moderation in content spend growth, or do you believe pricing power is enough to support increased content spending? Number two, U.S. pricing headroom. As you think about the price of Netflix in the U.S., are you still comfortable with the long-term view that $20 to $25 per month is achievable based on the amount of content you are offering? Curious whether you are still seeing an increase in churn from price increases, or has that moderated as you've moved to a regular cadence of increasing prices? How do you assess whether you're moving price up too slowly? Number three, India price change and content ramp. Over the past couple of years, you have increasingly talked about the challenges in India due to far lower subscription price points than in the rest of the world. In that context, how should we think about the recent price reductions? Did you lower price to stimulate gross ads, or was this far more about shifting people from mobile-only plans to TV and HD-enabled plans? Also, curious why the significant ramp in original programming for India, discussed on your We Are Netflix podcast in December 2020, is not having a bigger impact on subscriber growth. What do you attribute this disconnect to in India, and is it timing or structural? Number four, weekly, global, and country lists. Why was Q4 2021 the right time to start publicly releasing viewership data by country? See our Sonic Boom blog post from November 2021, link. In the past, you've always talked about how limiting the amount of information gives you a strategic advantage since you know the value of what you are buying, but the sellers do not. What changed? The talent community appears to believe that viewership data you are releasing is the first step towards building in back-end participations for talent, based on viewership thresholds versus fixed fees. Curious if you believe that will happen. Lastly, can you confirm that releasing viewership data is not a precursor to launching advertising or an ad-supported tier? Number five, understanding the Netflix algorithm. Most in the investor community first heard about Squid Game when Ted Sarandos referenced it on stage at September's Code Conference. What was it about Squid Game's engagement in Korea? that caused the algorithm to quickly surface it to seemingly 100% of subs in every country around the world. Are you able to leverage what made Squid Game successful into future projects, or does this performance feel unique? Number six, Netflix games. You were up to 12 games available as shown in the screenshots embedded above. Are there any early learnings from how users have used the offering and or what type of users' demos are playing Netflix games? Netflix has been a historically acquisitive company, yet you purchased Night School Studios to accelerate your gaming strategy. Do you expect to use M&A more aggressively to build out games, 
or does the night school studio acquisition feel like more of a one-off? Number seven, theatrical windows. As the major studios have reduced windowing to 45 days in 2022, if not shorter, has your position shifted at all on theatrical windows? Do you see any value in a short, exclusive theatrical window as a marketing event for a Netflix streaming subscription? Back in November 2021, soon-to-be CEO of Warner Bros. Discovery, David Zaslov, attacked Netflix by saying, the power of Warner Brothers is their ability to open a movie in theaters around the world. See the tweet here. Curious how you think about the power of theatrical to attract the best talent or IP. Number eight, lack of interest in Studio M&A. The last year plus has brought a continual string of news tied to Studio M&A, including the sale of Hello Sunshine, Moonbug Entertainment, Faraway Road Productions, a majority stake of Endeavor Content, a majority stake in Imagine Entertainment, a minority stake in Will Smith's Westbrook, and a minority stake in Agbo. Curious why you have not shown interest in these assets and have instead focused on smaller, pure IP acquisitions, such as the Ronald Dahl Estate. 